0: Hello and welcome to the Futures podcast. My name's Lucy. I'm one of the employability consultants here at Birkbeck Futures. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Syed. And Syed spent a year with us in our law school as part of his NYU Abu Dhabi degree programme. So we're going to be talking about his experiences at Birkbeck and also delving into all things law. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Lucy. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: And it's lovely to be catching up with you as well. So I, th- I think it would be really good for the listeners to hear a little bit more about you and your background.
1: Yeah, so I'm Sayed. I pursued a legal studies program degree at New York University Abu Dhabi, which is a four-year program. And part of that I spent at Birkbeck in London, right? It was a four-year-long exchange program where I did the seven foundational law courses at Birkbeck.
0: Great. So what made you decide to come and study in in London?
1: So I always wanted, uh, had an interest in the uh, English common law. And I thought that what better program, what better way to learn about English common law than to be in London, than to be with a great institution such as Birkbeck, where you are taking the courses with them as opposed to being in a US institution. So that was what prompted me to come to London.
0: And, I mean, obviously, studying in London and studying with a, a London-based university is going to be very different to studying at NYU in Abu Dhabi. Um, how did you find the experience?
1: So it was overall a very positive experience because, I mean, at first when you come, yes, there's a bit of adapting that you need to get to. The Birkbeck professors had different expectations, a different style of teaching than what you a student may be potentially used to at NYU. But, and there's a slight learning curve there, but the professors and the faculty were very supportive, both on the NYU front and the Birkbeck front to accommodate the students. And what I realized is it comes down to time management. So if you are used to managing your time as a student and putting your best foot forward, then it's the same material that you're learning, right? So you can get the best experience out of it.
0: Definitely. Um, And you've decided to to follow a career in law having completed the legal studies degree what made you go down that career path because obviously you can do so many things with a law degree
1: apart as a child my parents always said i used to like to argue a lot so they said maybe a career in law might be the best <laughs> but uh, apart from that it's what so i've had a prior experience in a variety of legal positions with different law firms and in-house. And I really and actually a barrister's chamber as well. And that was what really led me to understand why I wanted to do law as a commercial law and go become a solicitor is because I was able to get that breadth of experience in different areas of law, in different, uh, both law firms, legal tech firms, Embarrassed chambers, and through that experience, I realized what was it what I liked and what I didn't like. So, what I liked was I liked working in a team. I liked working on commercial matters as opposed to a criminal or family law matters. So, it's a, it was a personal preference, and it was getting to experience these different facets of law that made me know what I wanted to do because there was no way I would have known from the start.
0: Absolutely, and I I think that's what we try and encourage students to do is to experience lots of different types of law because it is really difficult until you actually get out there, do it, experience in real life to, to truly understand what it's really about. Um, so it's really interesting to hear your experiences of trying a huge range of things so that you could then narrow it down to um, commercial law. I mean, what is it about commercial law that that does stand out to you as opposed to crime or family, for example?
1: It's the caliber of work that you do. And it's the people that you work with. And this is not to say that people at chambers are less smart or less interesting people. They're actually sometimes even a lot smarter because it's a, a harder profession to get into. But it's the idea is just like, who are who's the community that you're working with? Right. So it's not only commercial law for me, but it was commercial law at a firm like BCOP and BCOP specifically, because when I was going to different firms, going to open days in London, which I encourage anyone to do because it's such a fantastic opportunity to get an insight into the firm. But it's about understanding what team you're working with. Who are the kind of people that you're working with? Are they interested people? Are they encouraging people? Are they friendly and supportive people? And a lot of firms say they are supportive. A lot of firms say that they're connected and uh, basically wanting you to be yourself. And it's true, but it's about understanding. I know it's a bit like a uh, circular, but it's about understanding who you are as a person and how you connect to that firm. And what under, what encouraged me about commercial law was that I realized that I liked working with the kind of people that I was working with. I liked working the kind of deals and matters that the firm was working on, right? Like BCLP, for example, is a real estate firm. And I've enjoyed real estate matters in the past, but they also have a strong commercial side since post-merger. And I enjoy working on those kinds of matters as well. It's hard to know early on as, even before your training contract, what area of law you want to go into, but it's more important to understand what kind of people you want to work with.
0: Mm. Definitely, because you're going to be spending quite a lot of time with them um, throughout your career, so you you want to know that you're going to get on. Um, But actually, I liked your point there about sort of understanding why you as a person, so why personally you're interested in a particular firm. Because I think from my experience of recruiting trainees, that's something that makes candidates stand out. Because they've actually given it some thought as to why that firm is particularly of interest to them, rather than it just being because they're BCLP or Allen & Overy, for example. There's actually a personal connection in there. So, I think that's a really great point. Um, so, as you've alluded to, um, BCLP or Brian Cave, Leighton, Paisner, as they are fully known, uh, you have an offer and you have accepted to be a future trainee, which is fantastic. I cannot tell you how excited I was when you told me you got your offer. Um, But it'd be great to hear a little bit about your experiences there. So what made you decide to go with BCLP? Because obviously, I know you did explore other firms.
1: So yeah, uh, the reason I chose BCLP was uh, really twofold. Uh, It was once that I actually, before even starting my vacation scheme the summer before. So I did a vacation scheme this summer and accepted the training contract after that. Uh, before that, I had done a six-week scheme with their Abu Dhabi and Dubai offices, uh, which that was really my first insight into that firm. It was my first my first experience with them. And I, it, I'll it, i get into how the virtual scheme was this uh Year round, but it was very different to be actually sitting in the office for a six week period, which is longer than the two weeks you get exposure to, and it was much less pressure on me because I was not being assessed. It was just a scheme, so I really got to know the firm entirely, as who they are, what kind of work that they do, and it, I got really engaged with them. And it, it really comes back to the first point of who are the people you're working with? Like the trainees that I met there, who were two trainees, one in Dubai, one in Abu Dhabi, who were on secondment. They were both extremely engaging people, both extremely helpful people. We got in touch. They, They gave me advice on how their experiences had been, right? So getting to know this firm on such a high level was one of the reasons that led me to actually apply for the vacation scheme and accept the offer once I was given it. And then the second part of that, again, it comes back to, my characteristic which match that firm's characteristic and the characteristic of the firm is that they're very highly driven people they strive for legal excellence and that's how they define their trainees which means that as a trainee there you're not just expected to do small works or handle bundling here or there which of course will be part of your job as any trainee but it goes more into that that they expect you to create high level and quality work for BCLP's clients, they have that expectation and they provide the level of support for their trainees to make sure that they reach that level. So they just don't expect it from you. They support you in reaching that expectation. So I think that personality level and that quality of work when combined, I think creates a really great uh, firm, which I would love to be part of. And that's why I accepted their offer.
0: Yep, which is fantastic. I mean, great firm absolutely you touched upon virtual vacation scheme experiences obviously we are living in a in a very different world at the moment and i suspect we're going to see law firms using virtual, exper- uh, virtual experiences uh, for some time how did you find it because obviously it is very different to being in the office
1: yeah it's absolutely so there's so many differences with a, between a virtual scheme and uh, a real life two week scheme. For first start, it's much shorter. It's uh, depending on the firm. I know some firms have kept the full length of their uh, scheme virtually, but most of the firms that I know of have either shortened it entirely to three days or a week from the two weeks originally. Some have just moved entirely away from that virtual scheme and done the training contract uh, interview, right? But going on to the virtual scheme, the differences are plenty. Firstly, it's it, I feel personally that it's less pressure because even though the experience of being in a firm is a really good one that you get to work with people that you potentially get to make a higher impression because you're physically coming in touch or grabbing lunch with them. They're seeing your nuanced behavior all around. It's easier to get that impression, right? And to give off that impression that who you are as a person, but it's not that difficult to do that online as well. And uh, because even when you're online, so with BCLP, I'll use them as an example, the graduate recruitment team made such a high level of effort to connect us with as many people as we wanted to speak with. Right. So outside of the events that we went to as a team, as a whole group, and we were able to ask questions, uh, we, if you wanted to speak with, like, let's say, a senior associate in the real estate finance team or someone from the CSR team or anyone, really, they would put that together uh, and you would have like an hour lunch or like a 30 minute coffee conversation. And outside of the official ones that they would arrange, any of the partners or people in the innovation team, which I'm really interested in personally, who I got in touch to were so much happier, so happy to get in touch with you and have that coffee, have that conversation with you, right? Because they are investing in you and they want to get to know you as well. So to anyone who does a virtual scheme, either this year or later, I would recommend that you shouldn't be worried about uh, the fact that you're not going to be able to make an impression because you will be, and it's up, It's going to be slightly more difficult perhaps, but it's the opportunity is there. And then when I say the pressure is slightly less off because you're not going to be sitting on the tube every morning making sure you reach the office at eight forty-five to make a good impression, that t- that level of worry is out of the equation because you're in the comfort of your own house. It's slightly shifted towards saying that how am I able to show them who I am? But I'm try- I will promise you that if you try and if you are who you are, the firm will see that. But then we come to the second point which is what kind of work are you going to be doing because of confidentiality matters. I mean, they will make you sign an NDA, uh, but the, you won't be working on life matters. At least that was not the case for me in the vacation schemes that I did. But what the firms do, and some better than others, is that they will try to give you simulated work that you do to gauge your activity, uh, to gauge the kind of work that you would be able to do if you were given a live matter, right? Yes, and that's one way. Then there are other forms of assessment that they have. Do, for example, there are group activities that certain firms do. There are uh, written assignments that others do. There are potentially different kinds of interviews they go through. So the firms again are assessing you throughout the scheme, and they will make it clear which portion of that scheme is assessed and which scheme isn't assessed. Right, Mm -hmm. but you are still being assessed. It's still a time that you need to be on your best of the best that you can be. But it's again that the type of work is different. It's perhaps low pressure because you're not in that office environment. But you shouldn't again be too relaxed about it because then that just hurts your chances of the applicant, the best applicant that you can be. I know I've spoken a lot, but these are the factors that you need to consider, really.
0: Mm. No, definitely. I mean, and that's very helpful because I think it's a it's a very unusual situation to be in, um, and I think. You know, it's, it's possibly easier for us who are working remotely than it is for students who have never had that kind of experience to be on the other side of a webcam and not actually be in the office. So that's really, really useful tips. Um, now thinking about the experience of, of applying for training contracts more generally, um, I think it can be quite a pressurized time. Um, it's quite competitive and um, how did you find that experience and what sort of tips would you give to people?
1: Yeah, so applying to training contracts is a very competitive process, as we all know. And it, it really is. I, I've seen a lot of really talented applicants not be able to get their training contract that they really wanted to get because I think that their approach was perhaps misguided in certain places and it gets it's, it's difficult to gauge that. So the advice that I would give uh, any applicant who is applying and friends of mine who have asked for advice here and there is first off, you need to be early on in the process. That means you cannot decide a week before the applications due. Let me check the deadlines and see if that's the firm I want to be at. You need to determine from very early on, what are the firms that you like and how do you do that? That's a very complicated question because how, Firstly, when I started, I remember asking you, Lucy, how many of firms should I apply to? What kind of firm should I apply to? It's a really hard question to know because you don't want to be wasting applications either because you're going to get rejected or you might get accepted and that's not the firm that you want to work at. Mm-hmm. So that's, I remember asking you this and you gave the advice. Is it's different for every applicant, right? It's, uh, some applicants might apply to three or four firms only high street, maybe high street firms only, or maybe someone only applies to US firms. And that's the type of personality they are, and they know what they are. But for a lot of applicants, I would say that's not the case, that you don't know necessarily what exact kind of firm you want to work at. So I would say, put a broad range. And by broad range, I don't mean apply to 30 firms everywhere. I say apply to like three firms in the high end of the commercial field that you know you like, three firms who are more middle, more, uh, more like, middle commercial, three firms that are regional and three firms in the North potentially up to you. So it's like, it's understanding, like having that bracket of firms that you would enjoy working at, but have potentially different criteria for judging. Some may be more difficult to get into and some easier. And that's first, and then the second part of that is like, okay, now I know that I need to apply to let's say 10 or 15 firms in this bracket or five firms in this bracket. How do I determine what those firms are? that's that's a more harder question to answer, and I would say it's start from yourself, say what kind of person you are, what kind of if you have had the like ability to work at a law firm or intern at a high street firm or whatever the experience you've had is think about did you enjoy that experience? if yes, what did you enjoy about it? if not, what did you not enjoy about it, and that gives you a basically a way of knowing what's the right fit for you. And if you haven't had the opportunity to intern at Firm, because even internships are extremely competitive to get, what I would advise students to do is 100% apply, especially first-year students if you want, but even second-year students, uh, to definitely apply for as many open days as you can even if it's a firm that you know you won't like because you might even go there and you end up really liking it. So I'm not going to use an example, but there was one firm I thought I would love it. And when I went to their open day, I absolutely did not enjoy being in that environment and I did not apply to them. But otherwise, if I had not done that open day experience, I would have certainly put at least a week of my time, if not more, applying to that uh, firm. And then potentially, even if I went to the assessment center, got in the training contract offer, I would have not enjoyed working there. So it's about putting that time in. So open days are extremely effective in finding out the kind of firms you want. Now, again, so now you know the kind of person you are, the kind of firm, how many firms you want to target and what are those firms. It's really about putting that time in, To writing the perfect application so when people say the commercial awareness it's become really a buzzword in our society in the legal sphere or legal applicant society oh are you commercially aware their aspiring solicitors runs a commercial awareness scheme or a a competition which is really interesting but the question that you have to ask yourself what does commercial awareness really mean it means that the firm wants you to know wants to know whether you understand how the world around you when it's happening if a company goes bankrupt or if a company buys another one what it means for their business how that how can they earn money from it because one thing any applicant and anyone at a law firm should know by now is that a law firm's a business they want to make money at the end of it and the partners want to make money and they want to pay your salaries right so it gets that's the end of it so if you can understand how a law firm makes business how a law firm earns its money then that's what commercial awareness really means And so if you get that commercial awareness angle of it, you understand what it means, how law firms operate, and you can write that in the application and you can connect yourself with it. Right. So you can if you understand the law firm really well, that's great. But if you can't show to the law firm how you connect with that firm and how your abilities match those competencies that the firm's looking for then that's not enough you have to be able to show them that as well that's what something i actually spoke to you about lucia blog when you were going through our sessions together that you were telling me that you need to be able to show that you as a person connect with that law firm and so it's about all of that really that you understand who you are who the firm is and how the two of you connect and you put enough time and enough uh thought into the process that you show the firm that you really care about them. Because when the firm's getting like 2,000 applications for only 20 spots, if you don't meet those criteria in their mind, it's a ruthless process. They're not going to think about it much more because they really can't afford to, right? And I would recommend any Birkbeck student who has the opportunity, Birkbeck Futures actually is very supportive in that front because you can sit down with one of the advisors, such as yourself, Lucy, and then you go through that process and what it means to be uh, a solicitor, what you need to do to prepare, if there's any interviews, assessment centres, case studies, all of those you can prepare with the firm, with the Birkbeck Futures team.
0: Yep, absolutely. And we really enjoy doing that. I mean, my background is is law anyway, so I actually quite, quite like talking to law students. So if any of you who are thinking about doing a career in law are interested, come and talk to me. Um, but I think, That has been hugely helpful. Um, I think some things for me that stand out from what you were saying, one is open days. I think absolutely. I think as soon as you get started or you think you're thinking about a career in law, you have started your law degree or your non-law degree, get out there and meet firms because that's the only way you're ever going to know what their personality is like, what the work they do is like, whether that's actually going to be a good fit for you. Because then when you're making those applications, like you were saying, you're going to be able to put that kind of, that personality, that fit piece in as well, which is so very important. Um, I think that's it in terms of questions. I think we've covered everything. It's been, as I said, an absolute pleasure really useful um i think from some of the stuff you were saying you could probably come in and do my job um (laughs) we we will probably be getting you back to do more stuff like this once we're actually able back in uh, in. yeah and it would be great because i think it's it's so important for students to hear from people who've been through the experiences so genuinely thank you very much again
1: thank you so much Uh, for having me lucy it's been a pleasure to be part of your podcast
0: Thank you. And that brings the podcast to an end. Um, Please do look out for other podcasts in the series. They will be appearing on SoundCloud and also the Careers Portal. Um, But for now, thank you very much for listening.